Hey, what's up, fam? Hey, this is part two of my series on stocks to buy in March of 2021. If you have yet to see part one, I'll leave a link down below in the description, and I'll definitely probably leave it as the pinned comment of the day. But you don't want to miss that thesis that I dropped in the first part of this series, man, because I'm going to keep dropping bangers like this and dropping fire content like this. So without further delay, let's get into this episode next. In my second stock to buy in 2021, it's no other than Disney, stock symbol DIS, currently trading at $196.81. The Walt Disney Company is a diversified worldwide entertainment company whose business segments are media networks, parks, experience and products, studio entertainment, direct to consumer, and international. So in this video, we need to break down each one of these business segments to get a better understanding on the business model Disney uses. Let's start with the media networks. So the media networks are under Walt Disney. They have significant media operations, such as the Disney Channel, who has 217 million subscribers, ESPN with another 434 million subscribers, where Disney owns 80% ownership. Then they have FX, with another 226 million subscribers. National Geographic Channel, haven't seen that in a long time, 145 million subscribers. ABC Branded Network, in affiliation with 240 other local TV stations. So they pretty much in every household around the United States. A&E Television, which they own a 50% stake in, where they have channels under that network of A&E with 84 million subscribers. The History Channel with another 85 million. Then the Lifetime Channel with 84 million subscribers and the Lifetime Movie Network with another 61 million subscribers. Disney recognizes revenue from this business segment in the form of affiliate fees, advertising, television, and subscription video on-demand distribution. Now let's focus on what makes up the park segments. If you guess theme parks and resorts, then you would be right. I mean, we're talking about the Walt Disney World in Orlando, Florida. Some say it's the best place on earth. This property includes Magic Kingdom, Epcot, Hollywood Studios, Animal Kingdom, as well as Blizzard Beach and Typhoon Lagoon. It's an insane property line that Disney owns out in Florida. Leave a comment below for which one of the, which one of the two years you would consider between Disney World and Disneyland as the best property that Disney owns. So we already know that they own the Disneyland Resort. Also Disneyland Paris. They own a 48% ownership stake in Hong Kong Disneyland Resort. Another 43% stake in the Shanghai Disney Resort. And then they have a license for the, they have a license out for the intellectual property for it to operate the third party park in Tokyo Disney Resort. But then also under the parks umbrella, you have the Disney Cruise Lines, the Disney Vacation Clubs, the National Geographic Expedition, which they have a 73% ownership stake in, and Adventures by Disney and Alani, a resort and spa in Hawaii. I think I said Alani right, so comment below if I didn't. Then there is the consumer products, licensing of trade names, characters, intellectual properties to manufacturers, then you also have some game developers, publishers, and retailers around the world who actually be benefit from these parks. We went over all of this to say that they make revenue off theme park commissions, 
parking experience merchandise, food and beverage, resorts and vacations, merchandise licensing, and retail with parks licensing as well. Now, what is the big negative about this whole situation right here? The big negative about the Disney stock price is basically it's locked into the pandemic. Like Disney World was closed from March 16, 2020 to July 10, 2020, where they currently are operating at a 60% operational level. Disneyland was closed from March 14th to April 1st, looking to be reopening date. Now, keep your eyes open on this reopening day for Disneyland. I mean, I hope this Mickey ain't playing the ultimate April Fool's joke on anybody. That'll be the ultimate fake out when it comes to opening a whole new park and thinking people are gonna show up. So, pretty much every park has been closed with the exception of Hong Kong Disney doors or even the Shanghai Disney. Just like Carnival, Norwegian, and Royal Caribbean Cruise Lines, the Disney Cruise Line has been tied to the pier since March 14, 2020 with the timetable still uncertain for when the CDC will allow cruises liners to begin to sell again. Then, and this, under this umbrella, the consumer product segment, which consists of more licensing and more, many more categories such as toys, games, licenses for characters and film. Then you have the retail segment. This is the mostly the Disney, Marvel, Pixar, and Lucasfilm branded products sold at through retail stores around the world and most of the Disney stores. They own and operate approximately 200 Disney stores in North America, 60 more in Europe, another 45 in Japan, and two more in China. Then you, the fourth segment that you have is the studio entertainment segment. In this segment, Disney brings in revenue that covers pretty much motion picture production and distribution under the umbrellas of Walt Disney Pictures, 20th Century Studios, Marvel, Lucasfilm, Pixar, Searchlight Pictures, Blue Sky Studios, and many more. The revenue is made from theatrical distributions, home entertainment sales, TV, and subscription video on demand licensing fees. So that just leaves direct-to-consumer and international segment level. Now, these segments are all streaming services which they own under the Disney Plus brand, the Disney Plus Hotstar brand, which is the international version of Disney Plus, and then you have your ESPN Plus, and then they also own a 67% ownership in Hulu and with full operational control. So the branded international TV networks all line up just like the ones I talked about before, but they also bring in Fox, National Geographic, and actually have some other equity investments in other categories as well. They all make revenue from subscription fees, advertising, affiliate fees, and more TV and subscription video on demand distribution. Let's talk about the revenue that we've seen lately from Disney. This company beat earnings expectations by $15.9 million, with revenue coming in at $16.25 billion in its recent 10K filing for fiscal year 20. So let's talk increased revenue. This company beat earnings expectations of $15.9 billion, with revenue coming in just over $16.25 billion in its recent 10K filing, which is an annual report for my new subscribers for fiscal year 2020. The main contributor of the beat was due to the streaming service Disney Plus being way ahead of Disney's 2024 guidance of 95 million subscribers. With this expectation beat and realizing that figure in 2020 alone, 
with Hulu subscribers base seeing growth at 26% revenue for all their streaming services combined, brought in an additional $3.5 billion alone, offsetting the loss due to the pandemic in the parks and experience segment of the business. See, parks and experiences did fall on revenue. They fell down to 53% or $3.58 billion. The revenue they did bring in during the year has to be respected though because most of it was funneled through the Walt Disney World Park predominantly as many of the other properties were closed throughout the period as discussed previously. You know on this channel we like to talk about cash is king. We always like to know how liquid a company is so let's get down to what their cash and cash equivalents is. They're almost sitting in 18 billion dollars worth of cash, over 35 billion in total current assets, and uh, current liabilities of long-term debt of over 26 and a half with 4 billion that is deferred revenue. So let's just call it a 22 billion in short term, but they have enough cash to float the company for the next three to five years without even worrying about anything being afforded. And they do have more capital raises in their investments if they wanted to add themselves a little bit more liquidity if necessary. So what are some of the catalysts that's coming up for Disney? Well, you obviously know that streaming is king. Look at how Netflix keeps revenue at record highs. It's because of original content. Who has more original content than Netflix? You gotta say Disney, then you will be right. Let's take a look. First, Lucasfilm has 11 TV series that will become an exclusive to Disney Plus over time, with one major film that will probably release exclusively on Disney Plus, as well as movie theaters coming in with stars, Star Wars Rogue Squadron. Then we got to look at Marvel with one division already premiering and other 11 Disney Plus originals coming alongside 10 featured films to be released in the future, which are some of them are as Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness, The Black Widow, Shang-Chi and The Legend of the Ten Rings, Captain Marvel 2, The Marvel Internals, Blade, Ant-Man and the Wasp, Black Panther 2, and Fantastic Four. That's a huge lineup. Let's get into the key word of the day. Key term of the day is 10-year treasury note. There has been so much talk recently about how much the 10-year treasury note has affected the market and sent many portfolios into disarray that we should know how it is defined. So according to Investopedia, the 10-year treasury note is a debt obligation issued by the United States government with a maturity of 10 years upon initial issuance. A 10-year treasury note pays interest at a fixed rate once every six months and pays the face value to the holder at maturity. The U.S. government partially funds itself by issuing 10-year treasury notes. So, you know, we talked about this a lot and you're going to see it more when it comes around. And a lot of people keep on talking about inflation and how they can protect themselves through the 10-year treasury notes. But at the end of the day, if you're in equities and you believe in equities long term, the 10-year treasury note is probably not the best place to, to park your money. I'm not here to give you financial advice on that. I'm just some dude on YouTube. But look into why more than doing your homework on why 10-year treasury notes is not pretty much the safe haven where you want to be if it's not beating inflation itself. So let's get back into what's going on with Disney. What are the analysts saying? You know, I always like to talk to you about what the analysts are saying, right? So we got, they are coming in with a low price on Disney at $124. This would be in the range of pandemic level pricing. Disney was underneath $100 
prior, while the pandemic was going on. And then it soon rapidly increases value as the parks open again. Now they got an average price target of $206.59, which is almost a 6% gain from currently where the share price is, with a high of $230, which is around a 15% gain. So now it's time for my bottom line up front, AKA the bluff. So I know that we've talked about a lot in this video already. Well, we've already discussed everything about Disney that you need to know and how much they're making money in and all the catalysts that are coming up. But here's what I'm thinking when it comes to Disney. I have sharp price targets that I'm gonna to drop to you after I give you my bottom line up front, but I just want you to understand where I'm coming from on this perspective. See, I wanted to invest in Disney and I wanna invest in Disney heavy. But the problem that I have to reevaluate and understand and understand how long I'm gonna be invested in Disney is based on one thing, and that's in dividends. Listen to me for a second. I know everyone likes to get passive income, and I know everyone likes to think dividends is the way to go when you're investing in equities. But here's the problem that I've seen with Disney. Disney stock price has been stagnant a lot of times based on the fact that they've been giving out too much money in dividends versus worrying about internal growth and not putting enough money into research and development and growing their, their business plans and business models as much. Now, if Disney stopped being aggressive after the pandemic eases, eases up on us and going back to handing out a dividend, this is gonna be a signal to me that I need to bag out of the stock because they don't have their priorities right. But currently where it sits right now, I think the best thing that happened to Disney and unfortunately what it may have been was they had to lay off so many people and that the pandemic struck so they had to close so many parks that they had to realize that they had to be aggressively investing in streaming service to stay relevant and stay, not stay stagnant in the market right now. So with me, I'm looking at this as they should be competitively going right after Netflix. Who's the only other person or other entity in business who can go right after Netflix and its original content? You gotta guess that it's Disney because Disney has so much ammo in their bag that they can go after them. We already talked about the TV shows. We talked about the movies that's coming out. But then you also gotta look at Hulu and Hulu Plus and ESPN Plus. It's in such high demand with even the SEC Network having a bigger subscriber base that we didn't even discuss about in this video that Disney needs to stay relevant in the media section of their business models and stay going after the streaming service side of this and keeping everything on demand. They're already ahead of what they need to be in order of subscriber pace growth. They need to stay on that same international growth level that they're at now while keeping as many subscribers inside the baseline. So to me, while the parks come back open and everyone's worried about the parks, I think the parks is, a, is, a, is the catalyst that they need to move more money into what's going on with the streaming. When, and when, the part, when the, all the economy opens back up and everyone starts looking and getting into high travel demand when it go, time to go on vacation, you're going to see Disney is be at the top of that list of a lot of destinations for a lot of people that want to go to certain parks. And I'm not mad about that, but we got to be smart and understand that the pandemic gave Disney another chance to actually get better in what they're doing. And that's not handing out dividends right now. So yeah, five, six years from now, can Disney go back and revisit the dividends? Sure. Can they even go to a point where they can actually give out a dividend at a lesser value? Sure they can. But every dollar that they put into research and development and even growing that subscriber base in Disney Plus and bringing more original content to you, that's going to give you more value in your, your stock portfolio. That's what I'm going with on that. So let's get into my shark prices right now, right? So my current shark prices that I have for you on the low, my current shark price on the low is to get in at 185 or below if Disney takes a slide back. 
Now, if we have another market correction, my shark price on my second target will be 160. You can actually see this price at 160, and this is may as be as low as it go if there's another market correction. But now, if there's blood in the water and we striking while everybody else is running for the hills, we talking about at 140. That's our dessert price. That's what we want to get in at, and that's what we want to load the boat at for sure. So these are my three sharp prices for you. Look, man, I don't tell you all this information to not give you a whole time on my horizon for this stock. Whether or not Disney bring back a dividend and I started investing in this stock, I'm going to hold it at least two years at a minimum. I'm going to reassess every time they come out a new annual report, and I'm going to pay attention to what's going on with the business model they're actually providing. Now, if Disney Plus is aggressively going after everything in the market and taking up all this media revenue that they can and trying to take market share from Netflix, I'm going to hold this stock for 10 years plus. Man, I'm going to put this in the bag. I'm going to throw it in the drawer and I'm never going to look at it again. So look, I just like to bring you content like this so you can understand where I'm coming from and you can build your sharp mentality. If you like this content, man, man, please make sure that you leave me a like and definitely don't forget to subscribe to the channel and hit that notification bell so you can be notified every time I drop fire content like this. And if you need to get a, a stock brokerage account, don't even hesitate to hit that link for Weeble and definitely use my link so you can get in on the plays with me. So I'll holler at y'all later. You know how I feel about y'all. I love y'all. Check out video number one in this playlist and I love y'all and I'll talk to y'all later. Peace.